a lot of podcasts these days. Tip, tip, tippy toe around everybody's little feelings. The little snowflakes are fragile. But you won't get any of that crap here. Welcome to the Mark G Show. From political issues to cultural issues to current events and everything in between, we're talking about it. And we talk about it how we want, melting the little snowflakes. (laughs) This is the Mark G Show, and this is Mark G. What is going on, everybody? We are streaming right now on every platform imaginable. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and now we are back on TikTok. So we got a special show for you guys. Typically, we only record on Sundays. Normally, this is a day that we record for Genuine Gab, uh, but I felt like this guest today was a Mark G show-related topic. So we got Luke Middleton here. He is an upcoming artist. He just recently uh, is getting ready to release an album here soon. He's also known on TikTok as the Luke Middleton. Couldn't be so generic, but the Luke Middleton. We've got him in the house, folks. Luke, what's happening, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. You know, I'm above ground, so that's always a plus. And, and no, thanks for reaching out. I want to be on the show, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I've already got somebody over here commenting, oh, yeah. Luke, go over on my uh, TikTok side over here. So so you've got a couple of fans tuning into the TikTok now. So. Up, guys so let me ask you man i've noticed you have quite the uh tiktok following and when you first started out tiktok um originally were you doing music then or was that this came in the middle of tiktok i was definitely not doing music back then i mean i would post a couple like videos of me singing and playing guitar every now and then but music wasn't my first when it came when i first started tiktok it never really clicked to me that i could use my music on tiktok i wasn't even writing music then to be honest all right so, <clears throat> excuse me. So the song you wrote, uh, we're going to get into that uh, here very soon. We've just got people coming in all across the uh, platforms over here. I got somebody, uh, Chasten Welch, is saying, what's up, Luke? So it looks like, you got, <laughs> so it looks like you got, we're going to see a lot of this chat. If you keep an eye on the screen, I'll try posting them up here as, as quick as I see them coming in. <coughs> but, um, yeah, man. So, of course, we always had the audio issues before we started, but I'm glad everything got fixed out there. Let's talk about Luke. Uh, number one, how old are you? I am 20 years old. I was born in January 9th of 2002. All right. So you, so you just still actually a little bit younger than my oldest child. Um, but no, man. So you yeah. doing music. Have you ever thought about doing music or like, how did you come upon thinking to yourself, holy shit, I can sing. I'm going to start doing music. Well, so my Peppo, he got me my first guitar when I was probably nine years old and it was an electric guitar. You know, I fiddled around with it for a little bit and then I put it down and then I got my first acoustic guitar. I sucked, you know, but I still kept playing. It was always a part of me. Put it down for a while, hopped on the piano for a little bit, started playing that. I taught myself how to play guitar and piano. And then about five years ago, my grandfather bought me my first Taylor. And that's when I started picking it up. And I've been playing it ever since. I didn't start singing. I was always like, very insecure with my voice, you know, and I couldn't sing in front of my mom. I still can't sing in front of my mom because I still get a little nervous, but it was just a small moments where I would go sing in like a stairwell because that's like the best acoustics that any place could have when playing a guitar and just kind of being by yourself. And, you know, that was a place where I have, a, there's a hospital back home and it may sound so weird, but it's like my favorite place on earth because they have a parking garage at the very top of the parking garage. It's like this like area that's all it's like all built in inside and it echoes so good. So the acoustic level in there is, is like so beautiful. And I would literally go up there for hours and hours with uh, one of my best friends back home. His name's Joshua Lawson. We would go up there and play all night long, like all night long. And I can't tell you how many times we got kicked out of there, but we still kept going back. Nice. All right. So that's pretty interesting. So you learned like playing in the garage and just learn your acoustics from there so what do you prefer better do you prefer playing your music as acapella or do you like having the instruments behind you definitely instruments okay i'm not i'm not that comfortable my voice yet to be doing acapella i gotta have my guitar or something got you now you're saying confidence and voice now today's music is weird right so i'm not a big fan of like the newest rap that's out because to me it seems like it's all auto-tuned out 
do you use any of that type of stuff with your music at all or are you straight up on your voice on um echoes so this past friday when i went down to uh the studio i met i met a guy actually through instagram his name is mikey Tavares. i'm sorry if i butchered his name if he's listening out there but he's an audio engineer at subcat studios which is a really really good studio if anybody's around the new york area and you want to record i definitely suggest going to uh see mikey but we got in there you know i was really nervous walking up in there and as soon as i stepped foot in there i felt at home it was like so weird because i was like I was full of anxiety, well, obviously anxiety. I was very anxious and just like nervous, you know? And as soon as I stepped foot in the booth, it was kind of like, I felt alone, you know? I felt like I was by myself and I could be myself and I could like shake it all off. I didn't feel like any pressure on me. Nothing was holding me down. So I got in there, we recorded the song in 20 minutes. And then for about 40 to 50 minutes, we mixed and mastered it. Put a little bit of auto-tune on there, just, just a little bit. Right. And then we put a little bit of reverb and we added some, uh, all kinds of like, doubles and triples and some pretty cool stuff to make it sound how it did i mean for my first time ever being in a studio ever being in that kind of atmosphere i thought i did i thought i handled it pretty well all right fantastic now, now you're saying studio is this all being funded by yourself or are you now are you signed to anybody at this point or are you you going as an independent um, musician not yet i came out of me came out of my pocket you know it was something that i had uh bought my own equipment thanks to my mother she helped me get it and you know i was i had already written the song and had thrown it on my uh, macbook in the ableton live and i'm still learning ableton live and i was like i, I need to get this song out. like i want to get it out like so bad like i need to start looking at options so i started talking to people and i actually have a guy back in my hometown of west Maryland, louisiana who's a producer and his name's Jordan Alexander at Music Music City Studios that I'm going to be working with when I get home. But at the same time, I'm trying to teach myself how to actually produce music so I can do it all myself because I want to learn. I mean, it's something different and it'd be a lot cheaper for sure because I already have all the equipment. But uh, I threw it on there and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. And I'm, I'm impatient. So I was like, I, I need to get this out now. So I made a couple calls and got myself down in the studio down in syracuse so very nice so i mean a lot of people do like to get signed but if you can make an independent artist that's where you your path where you truly want to go as an independent artist or are you um, looking to get signed yes and no so my thing is i want to work for it you know i i don't want to be under somebody who's going to tell me what i can and can't write what i can and can't sing i don't want to be dressed up like a doll i want to be myself you know and right. so that's when it that's when it comes into that yes and no like i want to be independent but i also want a group of people that i can trust and i can literally like spend every day with when it comes to music and like grow as like a little family and you know do it together and of course i want to like eventually get signed in the future but that's i'm not even looking at that i'm just stoked that this song's coming out in april but I believe it's up from here just because my entire life I've always been passionate about music and it's always been in my heart and something I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I've always been so up and down. I started writing songs and I would throw them in the trash. I would write half songs or learn half songs and I wouldn't learn a whole song. And so I really started writing music uh, kind of towards the end of 2021 when I was going through some of the stuff I was, I started writing a book actually called birdcage i sent a uh a, a little i sent i was trying to write a song and i sent the lyrics to one of my buddies back home i was like what you think about this he was like dang man like you should be like you're like a poet like you should write a book and i was like bro come on i'm trying to write a song man and he was like no i'm serious dude like you're you're poetic and i was like wow appreciate it so i really thought about it and i started writing poems so like every time I felt anxious or depressed or some, I couldn't get something off my chest, like instead of burying myself in my like burdens, I would just write poems, in my notes. So I ended up writing a, a poem book called Birdcage, which is, I don't know how to really explain it, but it's kind of a, uh, it's a book about depression and like everything I went through and how I felt in the moment. It's really dark, but there's some points that are like, it's a it's kind of a book that I wrote each each page was a day that I felt either high or low. So it's very like 
bipolar. And I, I felt like if I was to ever do something with that book, obviously I'm not finished with it because I want to get so high at the top of my life that I don't have to look back down at all that darkness. And I wanted to grow from it. So I wanted to finish the book with poems that are, you know, me healing and me happy and me looking back at that kind of telling myself like you did it, you know? Right. So hey, he said a few key points here, people. That, and before we go any further, I do want to put a little disclaimer out there only because we are on all social media platforms. I don't want anybody coming at us for this. Everything you are going to be hearing in this interview is what's happened to the individual or myself included within this conversation. We are not gearing towards anybody else, but we are talking about actual events that happen. None of this is considered misinformation. Uh, so please keep that in tech as you're listening to this, especially on some of the, I guess you can say, more sensitive social media platforms as we move forward on this. Uh, because the name of his single that he's bringing out, folks, is called Anxiety. And, and before I actually play it for people to listen, it's Kenny Bloom's like, Kenny, sing for us. And of course, I'm going to just play the sample you sent me. Um, but before I play Anxiety, can you explain a little bit about it for us? Anxiety. So I was in a uh, very toxic relationship with uh, somebody I really cared about at one point, and we didn't have the best ending, and a lot of events happened that kind of isolated me from the world, and I got trapped in my own head. And so when that person had left, and like she basically took everything I had and just left. And so I wrote anxiety because at that moment in my life, I don't think I've ever been more at rock bottom than that moment because I, I was in a lot of like, why's like, why is this happening? Like I had no idea what was going on at that point in my life. And I would lock myself in my room. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't sleep. I would basically, I didn't sleep, had insomnia and I got put on all kinds of medications for depression and anxiety. I was in the hospital three times. Uh, the first time I had an anxiety attack and ended up, I can't quite remember. I just had a panic attack and that ended up in the hospital. I got taken out of my house by an ambulance. And so the next day I was diagnosed with severe depression. And then the second time I went to the hospital, I had nearly overdosed. I had a very overwhelming moment where I took a lot more of my antidepressants that I was supposed to, um, then from there, they had admitted me into a like a mental health facility where, you know, I kind of did therapy for I think I was in there about five days and I I hated it. That first time that I went in there, I was like, I don't need to be in here. Why am I in here? You know, I kind of just didn't go to any of the groups. I was just like, I want out, like, let me out, let me out, let me out. And I was around a bunch of people who were like they. A lot of they, a lot of those people weren't mentally there, if you know what I mean. And I was, but I knew that I was going through so much in my head, but I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about why am I around all these crazy people, you know? Right. And so I ended up getting, I ended up getting out. And of course I am indeed in the military at the moment. I'm getting ready to actually move back home a couple months, but. I came out out of that experience to a bunch of military issues from my ex and then a couple of the people that I worked with. It, it kind of felt like they would tell me something to my face that I wanted to hear. Like my ex even came and visited me in the hospital. Those, I believe it was three times when I was in the uh, mental health facility. And it's like she came down there and was there for me and was telling me like, it's going to be all right. And then the next thing I know, she's telling people my work, the complete opposite, like basically deformating my character. And that actually ended up happening where that person went around deformating my character to absolutely everyone. And so did the people at my work. And so behind, behind my back, you know, my ex and then people I worked with were talking bad about me behind my back, but saying things to my face, like, Oh, I'm here for you. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And so that caused me a lot of, a lot of issues at work because I would get mentally degraded and I just 
couldn't take it. I was at that point where I knew that I wanted what was best for me and I knew that the relationship wasn't working out, but I still loved her and I, I didn't know what to do. So it put a lot of pressure in my head because I knew it was going downhill, but I couldn't lose her, but I loved her, but I didn't want it anymore. So it was so much, so much going through my head that I put up with. And, you know, after several times of us talking and trying to fix it and not being fixed and us trying to fix it and just going straight back down, I finally was like, I do want what's best for the both of us. I cannot take this anymore. Because I, I, at one point she yelled at me. She was like, you need to tell me what you want. And I was like, can't do it anymore. Like, I'm sorry, but I just, I'm not okay. I obviously want what's best for you. I'm not in the right place. I just want you to be happy. I want to be happy. But I was given my, I'm not going to say I'm a perfect person because I'm not. I had a lot of faults in that relationship that I uh, most definitely could have been a lot better at. But it's like, I gave so much of myself to somebody who didn't give me the same that I completely lost who I was. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't love myself. I was insecure. I, I at one point I didn't want to wake up, you know, and I was just tired of feeling that. Like it was like putting me in my grave kind of. Right. So after all of that, um, you know, she had, packed up everything. I took a trip down to Connecticut for one of my friends to go see his family for Veterans Day weekend. You know, some stuff happened. I'm not going to talk about it on here, but some stuff happened between the both of us to where she ended up packing and leaving and didn't tell me. So I came back from Connecticut. I got in a wreck. I hydroplaned on the interstate down there, headed back to uh, Grant, Connecticut from Boston. And I did a 360 in the middle of the interstate and during a thunderstorm, hydroplane got hit by another car. So I'm getting calls from my work while I'm sitting here trying to deal with this wreck and insurance and all this stuff. And I get a call saying, like, I need to get back to base. So I'm like, I'm kind of busy at the moment. I just kind of wreck. And this is really not a good time right now. And so his mom drove us back up to base. And that's when I found out she had left. She took a lot of my stuff. Some stuff I'm still trying to get back. The main thing was my vehicle. I just got that back, but it was wrecked, which isn't an issue. It's gonna like the car's back. It is what it is. I'm just glad it's it's back. But I, I went through a lot of evil thoughts, and it was kind of I listened to my demons because it seemed to me they listened. They kind of always told me like, go get in your bed. Go stay in the dark. Don't eat. Don't sleep. You know, take your medicine. And I, for a moment, I couldn't take my medicine because I didn't know how to handle it. And so every time I would want to take it, I would want to take more and more. And it got to the point where I couldn't take my medicine. And therapy, I was scared about the first time because I ended up driving. After I took that medicine, I ended up driving. I got in my car. I walked out of the house. I had to remove myself from the situation. I drove all the way down to uh, Southwick Beach down off Lake Ontario. And from there, you know, I, I drove back into town because I almost ran out of gas and I was freaking out. And I pulled over and I called my mom and I'm I'm crying on the phone. I'm being like extremely transparent with her. I was like, I need to go to the hospital. Like, I'm not OK. I need I need to go to the hospital. And at that time, she was caught. My ex was calling me and she was like, please come home. Like, can we talk? Can we talk? And I was like, hell no. Like, uh-uh. I, I do not need to be back there right now. So I admitted myself into the hospital and I told them what I had did or done. And from there, that's when I ended up in the mental health facility. And I actually ended back up in the mental health facility a week before Christmas. Holiday block leave, actually. And it was two weeks before Christmas. I just like I had a moment where I had so much anxiety on me. And so much going through my head, I had a panic attack and lost it and kind of just flipped my house. And I sat on the floor, actually right here by the window, and it was crawled up in a ball. Just I was like, I don't I don't want to like do this anymore. Like I can't keep taking this. Like this is this is hell to me. Like my mom's watching, so 
gonna be careful what I say. I don't want to be too transparent, but it, I had a moment on the floor where I was like, "This is it. Like, I can't do this anymore." And then it it, it hit me, and I was like, "Nah." So in the military, we had this thing called military one source, which is uh, I'm sure you know what that is. Yeah. Kind of a 24-hour hotline for like behavioral health needs or stuff like that. And I was like, look, I need help. I talked to that lady for an hour. I explained to her my entire situation. And they had they had people come to my house to check on me. And from there, they tried to talk to me to go to the hospital. I was like, yeah, I need to go. Like, I want to go. This time it's me. Like, I want to go. I want to go get help. And so when I was in the third time, I went to my groups. I went to every group they had. I swooped myself down to everybody else's level because when you go to a place like that people think it's just like at first when i went i was like why on earth am i here i don't need to be here like right. i'm messed up but i'm i'm not like these people no but when i went this time i was like it doesn't matter what this person is going through what this person is going through i'm going through it too but we're all the same everybody has struggles Everybody goes through stuff in life. You just got to pick somebody up and be there for them. And it didn't matter. I had one of the, I had a really good friend I met. He had to been at least 70 years old. This dude was telling me how he saved Texas from the oil fields, how he saved Washington, D.C. from UFOs and all kinds of crazy. Like, this man was telling me all kinds of stories that were real. He was like, look, man, here's my contact information. If you ever need me, I know how to save America. I know exactly what Joe Biden's talking about, all this stuff. I was like, okay, man. He was like, you hit me up. I got files for you. And I was like, sounds good, brother. But it was a good experience for me because that's when I knew I needed help. And, you know, after I had gotten out, at first I wasn't allowed to go home for Christmas. And that destroyed me because, you know, being by yourself, living by yourself or being by yourself in one of those times where you don't have anybody to talk to and you don't have anybody there for you and you're kind of, isolated from the world and you're already dealing with stuff at work and you, you don't want to go to work you're not motivated you don't want to be around anybody so you're and so at this point what's up your battles even turned against you too at this point yes yes so everything was it, it felt like there's this hole in my chest and my entire body was just you know like eating itself and I was so done with it. I was so like, I was so done with it. And when they told me I couldn't go home for Christmas, I had hope in my head. But at the same time, I was like devastated because I wanted to be back home with my family. I got a 17 year old brother and a five year old back home in Louisiana. And like, that's my world. Like I have friends and stuff, but you know, I've always put my friends before my family and I hate myself for it. But moving away from home and being so far away and you know being so distant is a very hard thing to do and a part of growing up is realizing family means more than everything and so all i wanted to do was be home with my family and my commander pulled me in his office and was like i know you're going through a hard time i know you need to be with your family so like we're, we're gonna let you go home for christmas and at that point my head was held up. I didn't have any issues and I went home for Christmas, had a good time, but it always seemed to creep around the corners. And so if I really wasn't around anybody or if I was kind of by myself in the, and even in the little moments, I would just feel this drought and like somebody was pushing me into the ground, like telling me like I'm back, you know, like I ain't going nowhere, but I would shake it off and I would be around people, you know, and um, when I was around people, I was fine. Like I was around my friends having a good time, but it was just the little moments like that where I was very scared, you know, cause I wanted to enjoy my time back home. But I knew that in the back of my head, the back of my head was telling me like, I ain't going nowhere. Like it's always going to be here. And it, I got to the airport, uh, headed back to Fort Drum after leave and I got on the plane and, you know, obviously I cried. My mom took me to the airport and I was like, I really don't want to go back up there to uh, nothing. You know, uh, I didn't want to be by myself and alone. 
And of course, when I got back up here, I was still dealing with the military and how they treated me. And there was a lot of people that, you know, well, there was a few that supported me, but my character had been defamated so much that everybody hated me. And that's why it says in the chorus, intoxicated by my own reputation. Intoxicated by my own reputation is because I drowned myself for, um, I, I cared what other people thought of me and it drowned me. And I'm not the type of person to care what people think. I, I, mean, I am who I am and I like being real and uh, truthful. And I'll tell you straight up, I don't talk about anybody behind their back. And I usually, like I, my, my entire family hates the way I dress, especially my dad. Like I don't dress like them. I dress like I am. I have my own kind of style, I guess you would say. And nobody's ever quite understood that, but it's just kind of, I guess I'm very, uh, I'm just different. I would say the black sheep of my family when it comes to my appearance and how I perceive things. But I, I was intoxicated my reputation because I cared about what everybody was saying about me so much that it like killed me, it like drowned me and I couldn't take it. And so I started surrounding myself around some friends and I actually had one of my friends move in with me. And that's when I stopped living alone and it got a little bit better, but I had a little friend group, my best friends uh, up here in New York. They have definitely saved me from a lot of things up here and have made my life up here on a uh, Fort drum a lot better and easier. It's been a lot more fun. I've been without a car since November. So if I'm not at work, I'm at my house or I'm being carried around by my friend Lexi and thankful for Lexi. I know she's uh, out there somewhere, but I just had people there for me. Cody, Lakshire, Alfie, Fontaine, all my friends that I had, Jaden even like just my small group of friends that I had up here saved me from so much and gave me hope. And so I started, uh, when did I start writing anxiety? I started writing anxiety, I think like three weeks ago, because I was sitting down on my couch and I was, uh, you know, I was just listening to beats and I was like, hmm, I like this one. Clicked on it and then not even five minutes later, the entire song was done. And huh. so I sat there and I zoned out and it's like everything, everything was blocked in my head. Like it came from my heart. And that was the first moment I knew that I could use my music to help other people is because <laughs> Alexa said, hell yeah, buddy. Um, it was the first time that my heart ever spoke first through this entire uh, situation and everything I went through. So that was big hope for me, you know, and I sat there for a couple of days and two weeks roll around. Actually, last Monday, I'm sitting there and I'm going through the song and I, I didn't know how to write lyrics like correctly, like into the intro, outro, pre-chorus bridge oh i didn't know how to write that i just kind of wrote the lyrics down so i edited the song a lot put it all into like the um the charts and everything and then i was like let's do it and so that's when i contacted uh mikey and i got in the studio literally like four days later and killed it i went in there and i felt like i was myself again and that's why i love music so much is because I'm inspired that a lot of people can listen to music and they just listen to it. But if you listen to the lyrics and what people are saying, it doesn't matter what the lyrics are. There's always something to relate to. And some lyrics are so powerful. One of my favorite art, he has got to be my favorite artist is Jaden Hostler. And on his like platforms, it's JXDN. When I started listening to Jaden, I kind of realized that, he was going through kind of the same stuff I was and through his music, he was talking about depression, anxiety and like broken heart. And it was kind of a, like a dang, I related to that kind of moment, you know? And then one of my other favorite artists, young blood is the same thing. He sings about stuff like don't care what other people think of you do. what makes you happy. Do what, do what makes you pass. Oh, said it wrong. My bad. Do what's passionate to you. And don't care what people have to say. You you got to live for yourself. You got to do what's best for you, no matter what the situation is. Don't care what 
people say don't do things to uh make other people happy if you're not happy you know what i mean like and really digging into the lyrics and listening to that kind of stuff it really opened up my heart and i was like whoa music's a lot more than i thought it was because honestly my family and i'm a christian so my god obviously saved me but music there's just something about music that I have not touched yet, but there's something about music that just there's swims in my soul, and I don't understand it at all, but music is uh, powerful, and I want to use my music. I said this on my Instagram earlier. I posted, I said, uh, I don't care where my music career goes as long as I help the person listening, and I've always been that type of person to be there for people, like to help them. I've always been, if somebody was sitting by themselves, I would go sit next to them and ain't all sunshine rainbows keep pushing. I'll be driving. <laughs> I would always be that person to go sit and sit next to somebody who's sitting alone and like be their friend. Like I didn't care. I didn't care if they were, if they didn't have no friends. I didn't care if people thought I, I went over there and was their friend. You know, I was always like that. And when I first started TikTok. I talked about my football accident that I had back in uh, 2019 where I lost my football career due to a head injury. And I was having, I was posting uh, content about that, you know, kind of like using that to inspire others. And I would have like thousands of people on my DMs just telling me their stories and how much my videos helped me. Right. So at so that point, I was like, hold on. You say you had a head injury and that still passed you? How the hell does that <laughs> hey, that, you gotta know about all that man i'm just saying but uh, i i wanted to kind of stop you too because we got a couple of people that are <laughs> coming in on different chats over here um i have uh captain snooch over on tiktok i believe you kind of already mentioned it but he did ask what are his aspirations for his music man my aspirations for my music for one the main thing I want is to reach people. I want to inspire kids. I I told my buddy this earlier. He's a couple years younger than me. He's a senior in high school. But I was like, look, man, like, if I was you, if I was you, I would have started my music career then because I was so passionate about it. But I was so scared what other people thought. Like, if I told him, I said, if you're passionate about something, do it now. Don't wait until you're 20, 21 years old because life's so short. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Do what makes you happy. Don't care what people think about you. Do it. Just do it. Like, send it. Don't, like, if it makes you happy, just do it, you know? And so I want to inspire people to stop caring what other people think. Whatever makes them happy, do it. And I want to use my story, my testimony through lyrics to help people get through, obviously, the battle of depression, anxiety, because that's a nobody really truly understands how real that is nowadays, especially in the military. And I think about 42% of death rates in the military are due to suicide. And so I'm not, don't quote me on that, but I think I read that somewhere. But it's a really big issue in the US. 2022? 20, 22. I was close. I was close. Take their life, but uh, yeah, and my aspirations, of course, of course, I want to be known. But at that point, I'm not really worried about being famous. Um, I just truthfully want to help people. And I'm very passionate about music. So I'm going to write what my heart feels and what my heart needs to say, you know. All right. So let's go ahead and take a moment here. And we've been talking about your music, talking about trials and tribulations here. But no one's really heard the song yet. So let's go ahead and play the snippet. Folks, we do not have the full song. Luke doesn't like us that much. We're going to go ahead. <laughs> And, uh, uh, April 11th, April 11th. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and play the snippet for you guys uh, so you guys can kind of hear it a little bit. So let's let's get it going. Just so and 
there is the snipping. <sighs> we, we've got a little, a little bit. <laughs> That's all right, man. Hey, everybody does it, right. So, so if y'all heard that, anxiety is all in my head. Is that what you're saying in that that part? Did I catch our anxiety yeah. all in my head? Hey, you know what's funny? So you say you're writing down the words, but it truly is like if you keep everything bottled up. And there's one thing that the military's taught everybody is never show your emotions, right? You you can't show your emotions, and we tend to bottle it up and bottle it up and bottle it up until eventually you explode. And, and that explosion could yeah. be anything from it could be anything from violence it could be anything from self-inflict it could be anything um so i think what you're doing is taking your instead of bottling it up it sounds like you're putting it down on paper and creating it into music now which is phenomenal um I, I i love what you're doing and if i'm looking at if you you should look up other artists as well. There's a gentleman. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Soldier Hard. He's a, I'm not. I'm not. He's a veteran. He uh, did tanker. He writes. Um, he writes hip hop for veterans. And one of his songs, he actually has a pledge, and, and that pledge is to have veterans pledge that they will not take their own life without talking to their battle buddy first. And, and, and it's a very hardship song, but. It's real, and, and but he did that to help with his PTSD and to help him push forward. And now his mission is to help other veterans open their eyes and realize that there is more to life, and that your life means more than it is now where you are alive than if you are to pass. And, and that that is a great message because yeah, you brought up a good comment, man. Twenty two veterans do take their lives daily, and, and it's freaking sad. Our VA system's absolutely a fucking joke and a broke, and. We really do need to get a VA system fixed. So for that, man, for you to take your stuff and write it down on paper, fucking kudos to you, man. That That is phenomenal. I'm enjoying your story here. I mean, if you need to dry that eye for a minute so we can continue talking, man. But listen, <laughs> listen, brother, it's good, right? It's good to get it out. Like, I hold my back. My wife yells at me all the time. Let it out. <laughs> but no, yeah. man. No, man. It's good. And, you know, there's stuff that a lot of people can't relate to. Uh, and it's hard to tell them the story because they just look at you like you got 50 million fucking eyes. But at the same time, I think where you're going with your music, it's going to go places, man. You just keep pushing. Always keep pushing. I appreciate it. No, man. Thank it, you. It's it, crazy. It, what are you saying? No, go ahead. It's crazy because I've been so numb for the longest time. Instead of crying, it's so weird. Instead of crying, I write that like my tears go down on that paper. don't come out of my eyes. And so the first time I cried was when I walked out of that studio and I listened to that song in my, in the rental car I had for the first time. And I was just, I broke down. I was, I pulled over in the gas station parking lot. I sat there for 30 minutes. I could not drive. I was just, that was the first time I cried since, uh, November 13th is when she left. And that's when I knew I was like, mm. so now I'm kind of getting that back, which is a good thing. And every time I think about music, it makes me emotional because my entire life I've wanted it so bad. And I don't care. Like, honestly, my first time being in a studio, the songs probably, it probably didn't sound that good to many people. Like, oh, well, like people may like it. People may not like it. It doesn't matter. What matters to me is like I, I accomplished that after my entire life of telling I'm going to do something and going through all this stuff that's kind of pushed me down away from it. I finally did it. And it finally came from my heart, not something that I tried to write, rap about or rhyme about. Like everything came out of my heart. And it was like, yeah. I hear you. And you know, it's, um, you know, people will sit there and think, you hear a lot of people say, oh, anxiety. Yeah, it's just it's just your mind process, or it's not a real thing. But to be honest with you, I looked up the statistics before we started this podcast. Man, it's absolutely insane. Uh, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, and it's affected over forty million adults in the U.S., eighteen and older, and eighteen point one percent of the population every year. That's absolutely insane. And like thirty six point nine percent of the people with anxiety are not treated for it. Which, uh, you know, when you're not treated, the, the depression sinks in even more because uh, anxiety triggers a lot more than just anxiety, right? Anxiety triggers depression. Um, 
and yep. we're seeing that quite 100%. a bit. It's it's flip flop too. Depression triggers anxiety. Anxiety triggers depression, which causes overwhelm, causes stress, lack of motivation, sleep deprivation, insomnia, uh, eating disorders, everything pretty much. Hygiene. I know when I was going through it, uh, there would be several days where I would go without eating or showering. So I would go to work just reeking because I just didn't care. And I would go right back and get in the bed, wouldn't eat, wouldn't sleep. And I would literally be up an entire day, stay up all night, go to work, stay up all night, go to work. So I'd be up probably three and a half days with no sleep. And then when I would go to sleep, I would have to force myself to go to sleep or take medicine to go to sleep. And then I'd wake up and I would feel like crap because my health was so bad because I wasn't taking care of myself. And it took me a while to get back on track with that. And, um, you know, none of my medicines that I took, like the pills, like broken bottles, I took pills to soothe my soul. That is kind of a moment where I got into drinking, um, not heavily, not heavily, but I would catch myself drinking and taking my medicine at the same time which alcohol and antidepressants do not mix. It makes it 10 times worse. It really does. And so I would be sitting on my couch on my floor with bottles all around me and then pill bottle in my hand, like how many am I going to take today, you know? And that's when I was going through that, like, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, my mind went blank. Um, the urge to want to take more, but I knew that it wasn't okay. But I would look at it and I would be like, I would throw it down, go pick it back up, throw it down, go pick it back up, you know, take my medicine. And it, I didn't feel anything because it was actually making me worse. So it's like taking something that's good for you and then taking something that's bad for you. I'm not saying alcohol is bad, but when you're depressed or you're going through anxiety, you don't drink because that's just going to make you even more upset and getting drunk when you're feeling those types of ways is dangerous because you, your alcohol messes with your mind. And so when you're going through all these thoughts, there's going to be things like, like little ghosts or people telling you in your head, like, go do this, go, you know, do all these things. And it's like taking something that's bad, but taking something that's good and putting it together. And it just doesn't mix like oil and water. Agreed. And for the folks that are listening, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about this. Mostly, Luke, Luke is a, a veteran, and uh, but it's not just veterans neither. There's a big problem here in the United States as far as depression, anxiety goes. I mean, it's even in our teenagers, right? Right at, I mean, teenagers' depression, anxiety was bad pre pre COVID, but uh, during the COVID times, the depression, anxiety, and a suicide rate has increased even in teenagers. Um, and it's big. It's really big. And the country does need to wake up to that as well. I, I remember seeing it earlier on regards to articles, regards to it. But we've kind of lost track of that again because we're focusing on other stuff when we should be focusing on the whole picture. And I'm speaking from experience on a simple fact is, you know, Teenagers tend to be very quiet, and you really do have to look for warnings. Uh, my cousin lost her child a few years ago due to being bullied and being depressed. Unfortunately, she took her own life, and, and it's sad. And no child, no parent should ever have to go through that. No parent should ever have to bury their child. And nobody really should be living with the thoughts of taking the forever sleep. It really shouldn't have. It takes strength. It takes determination. And it does take some work to get yourself pulled out of that gutter. But at the same time, your mind doesn't totally leave that gutter. So, I mean, I'm sure Luke probably understand when that person, if you're asking if they're okay and they don't look like they're okay, but if they tell you they're okay, they're probably just putting on a they're front. Not. They're putting on a front. And you really got to work on, you know, trying to help them the best you can. They're going to try pushing and pushing. But go for the it, phase I'm fine. The phase I'm fine always means I'm not okay. Like if you see somebody with their head down, they're like, you know, I'm I'm fine. They're not okay. I mean, 
you don't have to push things if they don't want to talk they don't want to talk but you know put your arm around them or, or let them know that they're there like let them know that somebody cares about them and loves them but you know don't try to force something on somebody because it can always tend to make them want to do things even more and it's kind of a weird way to think about it but always just understand the value of life because like 30 seconds from now i could literally pass out and never wake up again so could marker so could you like you're never guaranteed tomorrow so really take the value of life seriously because it's so short and you're here obviously for a reason everybody was put here on this earth for a purpose you know some people i don't really know why they've done the things they have but i am not a perfect human i definitely have caused a lot of stress in my family growing up as a kid and through my high school years i was kind of a rebel me and my parents didn't get along um i mean i did good in school but it's because my dad was my football coach and he was always sticking his foot up my butt but you know it, it, i look back now you know kind of a little bit more mature a little bit more mature i'm still goofy sometimes but really realizing the things that i went through even before my uh my relationship that was in it's like there's so much things that i hate about myself that i wish i could take back because i made so many mistakes that really really hurt my parents and you know me me and my dad uh, we used to get into it a lot really bad and our our relationship literally went to crap and i what i mean to crap like i moved out my senior year of high school and you know i walked out my front door at eight o'clock at night with a suitcase and walked down the road i my mom was chasing me out the door crying telling me to come back and i was basically like nah peace like peace out and now i think about it that hurts me because my mom's done my parent my mom and dad and my stepmom like my grandfather you know everybody in my family has done so much for me that i took for granted like i took for granted hard and it makes me sick because they didn't deserve that. But I will say that, you know, through the things that I've been through, it's definitely opened my eyes more to life and how valuable it is. And it kind of made me who I am today. It's kind of the reason why, like I have a tattoo, like my sleeve, um, it says, I'm thankful for my struggles because without it, I wouldn't have stumbled across my strength. And that's the thing some people don't really they think that um like i went through this but they don't really think about it what can it make them to be like uh what was i gonna say god gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers and you know sometimes we can question why i know when my grandmother passed away in 2019 that was one of the hardest things i ever went through because at one moment she was fine and i went and saw her the day before she passed but i had the chance to go see her again that night and she was fine and then a couple hours later my mom busts in my room wakes me and my brother up and she, like the next thing i know we're at the hospital and the last time i ever saw her was her you know laying there in that bed with no heartbeat and knowing she's in a better place it still hurt me because i never got to say goodbye and it kind of felt like at one point that was my fault because I didn't I chose not to go see her but those those moments like that you can't you can't carry those burdens for the rest of your life because eventually that can make you to be something that can make your story and you can use that and the things you've been through to help other people as myself that I'm trying to accomplish but all I want is to inspire that person for them to inspire that person for them to inspire that person you know what I mean right Oh, it's some harsh topics, right, man. Um, I, <laughs> listen, so the music, uh, so the song is awesome. Now, this is just a single that you're releasing right now. There's no multiple songs, just the one yes. song right now. And that's being dropped when? April 11th on uh, all platforms on Spotify, Apple Music. You can pre-save it on Spotify. It's in the link in my Instagram bio at Middleton, and then... You can actually pre-order it on iTunes. You just type in all caps, anxiety, Luke Middleton, it should pop up. But uh, everything is released on all platforms April 11th. Okay. 
And then what do we got to look forward to more music after this one? Because after you get people hooked, man, when, when are you going to push out another song or a couple of songs here? I got a lot. I got a lot. I'm, I've actually, uh, working on it. I'm working on an EP at the moment. I got one song called scars and the story behind that is my scars made me, but at that time, my scars are what killed me. You know what I mean? And so scars, and then I'm working on one called addicted to the chaos. And then another one I'm working on is you're just a sad song. And after I drop the EP, I'm going to wait a little while, you know, start working on an album. And from there, I'm gonna be really quiet about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna write my songs, record my songs, get everything built up in the album, and then I'm just gonna drop it out of nowhere. So people are like, "Whoa," you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this year. Um, just something. It's something about this year. I don't know what it is. It's something about this year that is telling me like this is going to be it like this is going to be your year and i may be wrong but you know i'm just gonna trust that that's god's plan for me is to inspire people through music and i don't know why he would have given me the gift to play music or i don't know how i started singing i, I to be honest i don't think i sound good but that's just because self-insecurities but you know i'm growing my confidence to i'm not worrying about myself i'm just worrying about helping other people and putting my lyrics in other people's hearts so it's kind of like there's i don't know why he gave me that if it wasn't meant for me you know what i mean like artists i believe there's artists that have amazing stories and i believe there's artists who just talk about bullcrap like all this hip-hop and rap smoking weed doing drugs having sex with chicks and like all that stuff like i don't think that's inspirational at all like i'm not gonna lie but you know it's really like it's really it's just reality though i mean people have been through so like everybody has a story everybody has a story everybody has a story and people just i guess express it in different ways um i don't quite understand it sometimes but hey whatever works for them i'm just that's not the lifestyle i want to live i just want to I really got into indie folk, like Bon Iver and Nova Moore, all that quiet, very sad, just soft-spoken songs. And that's what I listened to when I was going through depression. And it was just, it made it worse because I, all I wanted to do was listen to songs and cry. Like, I, I wanted to be that person. I want to go listen to sad songs and cry tonight. Like, let's do it. No, like, this new, when I started listening to Jaden and like Machine Gun Kelly or Youngblood or ND or artists in that kind of like modern day rock, it was different. And I liked it because the more I listened to the lyrics, they were sad. Like that was real truth that that person went through. But the beat is so like just not sad. It's like very like head banging and like let's freaking rock, you know. And I really dig that because that's something I never really heard of before and i was when i growing up as a kid hated rock hated rock and i hated emo punk and i just hated country i listened to rap and then um i got started going through some like lewis capaldi all this like singer songwriter stuff and then from indie folk like bon ivory and then i listened to uh this alternative modern day rock pop punk and i was just like yeah this is it like i like this i dig this and so it was very easy for me to write anxiety because it was just something told me like I don't I don't I don't know how to explain it. It's such a a real it's such a weird feeling that I had writing anxiety, but it came out faster than anything I've ever written in my entire life. When I tell you like I thought the whole world stopped for like at least five minutes. Next thing I know the entire song was written. I was like sweet. All right, man. Well, listen, um, we've been in the show now for just about an hour and I haven't really seen any more questions coming through. So if anybody's got any questions, now's the time to um, lay it on us here, lay it on Luke. If you got any questions for Luke at all, anybody who's listening over on wisdom, feel free to come on in and, uh, you know, chit chat with Luke for a moment. Anybody over on TikTok or the other social media platforms, feel free to type in right now. Uh, and, uh, 
Yeah. Otherwise, we'll, we'll wrap this up here. I mean, Luke's got a phenomenal story. His music, I mean, it's not really my forte, but I actually like the song. So, with that being said, I actually Thank had a good. No worries, because you know, I'll admit I'm a Tom McDonald type of a listener. I like Tom McDonald, Adam. Oh, okay. I mean, so, but no, man, I listened. I was like, okay. And I was like, that's kind of rockish. My brother's like, that's kind of emo. I don't know where, where it's going. My brother called it emo. I call it rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, punk, it, punk, punk rock, modern day rock, alternative, whatever you want to call it. All right. So anybody goes live performances anytime soon? There, uh, that's coming from a Nicole Bray, Brasher or Brashear. Nicole Brashear. That's my cousin. Shout out to my cousin, Nicole. I love you. Uh, Nicole, you already know what's coming. Uh, no, when I plan, when I move back home to Louisiana and my EP's out, well, I say this, but I'm going to, I got, I got some connection with some people that I'm going to talk to uh, later down when it gets to that point. But uh, I have, I actually DJed a couple years before I joined the military with one of my really, really good friends. He was my mentor and he was somebody I really looked up to and he still is freaking love Andrew. His name's Andrew Harris, but he's the one that kind of brought me into like the music world. Like obviously I always liked music and playing, but DJing and like, it's like producing music and it's so, so cool. And we always had a really, really good time. And, you know, I, I looked up to him because um, there were some times in my life that I was going through high school that, you know, DJing really like woke me up and, and helped me get through some stuff. And so hopefully I'm going to talk to him when, I, when we get done with this or he's actually uh, he's actually going to hopefully help me out with some of this stuff. I really want him. I really want him to kind of be like right by my side through all of this because he was the person that introduced me like through the music world kind of. Like this man told me he was like, You need to uh watch the Kid Cootie documentary. I'm like, Kid Cootie, bro, come on, man. No, I watched that movie and I was in tears. The Kid Cootie documentary will will like melt your soul. Like that is a really good documentary. I had no idea that Kid Cootie went through depression and anxiety like he did. Like he was addicted to cocaine at one point and I had no idea that so many people looked up to Kid Cootie and it was very inspirational because he was he didn't give a crap what anybody thought he was going to be him no matter what and he was true to himself even in the times that you know he went through and you know i just i want to surround myself with people who want the same aspiration as as me i actually uh i actually uh, had to end up cutting off a lot of people it's not because i hate them i, I love them and they'll always have a place in my heart, but some people are just going down a path that's just not for me, and I have to do everything I can to um, not sink back down to that level I was at in my life, and because music's so important to me, and you know, releasing my first single, this is all I want to do with my life. I don't have a plan B. Um, all I want is to make music, and so I'm not going to let anything get in the way of that. And <laughs> love you too, ma. Uh, Music. I don't have a plan B. Like I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna go back to Louisiana. I'm gonna work a crappy job, probably in, installing like uh, insulation in attics or doing that hard labor. But every every ounce and every time and every second I have is going straight into music until uh, I get on my feet with it. But um, live performances with uh, hopefully maybe me and Andrew can come up with something. But yes, that will be happening, and I will be sweating so profusively that I might slip and bust my ass. But I'm still gonna get back up and jump up and down singing my songs. So I thank got, you, man. I got Jimmy Dean over here on TikTok. He says, "Let James. him know, <laughs> let him know that James is watching and wants to ask how his his support system has been with his new problem." So. When I was going, when I was going through what I was going through, I blocked everybody out. I didn't listen to nobody. And you know, anxiety and depression speaks to you, and it's it's kind of dark to think of it like that. But uh, depression, and anxiety, like speaks to you, and it, like tells you things you don't want to do. It it puts the thought of suicide in your head to even think about killing yourself. I mean, that's what it does. And I didn't listen to nobody. I didn't give a chance. Like I was so isolated from everything because I was so, so deep and hope 
for this year. And, like, James Deberdinas is probably, like, that man is like a brother to me. He's stationed up here with me. And uh, he, me and him were together at reception day one. And we split up. He went to ACO. I went to SECO. And so we thought we'd never see each other again. But, you know, now we're stationed together. And it was like, he's like my ride or die up here. He's, he'll always be more than a battle buddy to me. And, you know, uh, you know. I don't want to consider myself a veteran. Uh, there's a lot more, lot, a lot more people out there and soldiers that have done ten times more than me, and I want to give them all the credit because, you know, I did serve and I have done the training and I have been there. But you know, my my group and then James, they're about to deploy and I'm going home, so I want to give all that credit to the people who actually, you know, sacrificed their lives for our country and. Obviously, the military wasn't probably the best experience to me, but it opened up my eyes to what I want to do for the rest of my life. And being in the military, it's brought me a lot of negative things and a lot of positive things. And it was most definitely my support system up here in New York. Cody, James, all of them, they saved my life. Um, they were there for me in times where I didn't want to live anymore and if it wasn't for them i probably wouldn't be here obviously my family that's another issue uh i have a five-year-old brother's name's cash dude's crazy i love him so much and my brother caden he's 17 he's gonna be a senior in high school next year um just my mom and you know i i look back at how selfish i was because i thought about like i like i know you want me to be here but what about me? Like, what about how I feel? What if I can't take this anymore? And they would tell me that, you know, everything was going to be okay. You can get through it. And I just kind of was like, I can't do it anymore. And so to make it through that, I'm proud of myself for finally reaching the end. It's, it's not the end. I will say I still struggle with it a little bit every now and then. Depression, anxiety will never leave. Um, it will always be around a corner and it might hit you in some unexpected ways through life, uh, through tragedy, loss, or just, you know, traumatic incidents, but it's just a part of life. And that's what I've realized. If I can get through it, you can too. And you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to talk about, but, uh, on, you, know, you just gotta believe in yourself and know that, know that you can get through it. And, uh, obviously if you ever need anything, my DMS or my messages are always open. My social medias are, all over my TikTok and uh, not just my TikTok, my Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, my DMs are always open. So if anybody out there watching, anybody ever needs to talk about something personal, like I would most definitely love to be there for you and talk to you. And, uh, you know, I'm there. I'm there for you. Like, I don't judge people. Um, I listen. I understand because that's things I've been through and I get it. And the problem with that was I had people there for me. I just never listened to them. And so if you're going through something, tell somebody, like, don't be afraid to tell somebody, get help. Um, don't think therapy is bad because it's really not. Please seek help because suicide is such, uh, it's, it's a lot. So yeah, just uh, definitely reach out to somebody. So on that note, please do me a favor when we end this, um, when we end this uh, interview here, go check out Soldier High for me and then send me a message a few minutes uh, after. To like I will, I'm 100% going to listen to Soldier Heart. All right. Um, but folks, listen, uh, you guys, once again, you caught his uh, Instagram and stuff like that, right? Did you say your your social medias by chance? Because you told him to get a hold yeah, of Yeah, my uh, Instagram, my Instagram and TikTok, TikTok is the Luke Middleton. My Twitter and Snapchat is submid3, S-U-P-M-I-D-3. All right, we got Christian down here real quick. He's showing up, EBH Warriors for Life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Folks, the, the way health is a very, very good source in the military. I mean, people think it's really not the best, but from my experience in behavioral health, I have had a very good, um, you know, um, what's the word? Therapist, I guess. She's a, uh, yeah. So I've had a good experience through behavioral health and it's helped me a lot, you know, just getting things off your chest. 
With that being said, folks, the way we're going to end this one tonight is normally I go straight to the outro. We're, we're going to give Luke one more plug. We're going to go through one more round of a song, and then we'll end with the outro. All right, so Luke, if you could just stand by until everything's over with, and then I'll be right back to talk to you in just a second, okay? Here we go. Absolutely, man. So dance, it's a slave. You've been listening to the Snowflake Melter, the Mark G Show. Mark is your everyday hardworking business owner that loves America. And he certainly doesn't mind telling it like it is. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. To send an email, it's on air at themarkgshow.com. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Mark G Show. See you next time.